All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the On on the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Uh, Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download their new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. Uh, Let's welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Good morning, Spec. How are you this fine morning? Oh, doing awesome, Kev. Yeah? Two-game winning streak in Ah. this town feels like we better... Reserve Jasper Ave. You never know when you're going to need it. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, Speck, I was, I was reading your latest uh, work, and you mentioned uh, Chris's dad, Bob, from uh, Imperial, Saskatchewan. And, and uh, I think about, <laughs> oh, I think it's 20, 22 years ago, I think I interviewed him at the um, University Cup back then because, you know, when Chris was playing for the Golden Bears, and they, they had powerhouse teams, and, and uh, it, you know, you know, they. I think they, they're in Arizona right now, the parents, his dad is anyway. So I think okay, it's a hell of a... Yeah, yeah, Bob. I think it's a hell of a story. And yeah, I, I, liked, I liked your penning when it said the, the towering senior A legend. <laughs> Was it the Long Long Lake Hockey League? It would be the Long Lake. Well, the thing is where, you know, Imperial Saskatchewan is just south of Watrous. Well, not just south, but it's... I don't know, half an hour, maybe a little bit more, but there's a really long lake that kind of runs north and south between, I guess, Regina and Saskatoon called uh, Last Mountain Lake. So maybe that's that. I think yeah. that's why the league is called that. So, Okay, but. well, anyway, we had a chance to talk with the scout, the scout for the Blackhawks uh, by the name mm. of uh, Wade Brookbank. Yes, yeah, Our last night. Our listeners may be familiar with Sheldon Brookbank, mm-hmm. who's a pretty tough player in the league for a while. Well, this is his older brother. Uh, he's become a good friend of mine over the years, and mm-hmm. he comes, like you do, from that territory. In fact, I'd be surprised if you guys aren't. Everyone there's related somehow. <laughs> we uh, in all... fact, we might be related. We might be related because my dad comes from Watrous. So. There, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so it's just that's just north of Imperial spec, right? There you go. And apparently Chris Knobloch's dad was a legend, a very big, tall guy, great, great senior A player mm-hmm. in that area, uh, who was one of the better players in his day. His name was Bob. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? Knobloch was a damn good player too. I mean, he played, you know, I always say this, if you play Golden Bears hockey, uh, for those of us who are regular Canadian guys that think we know how to play hockey, you play for the Golden Bears, you're a hell of a player. Forget playing NHL and stuff. Mm-hmm. Go and skate with those guys someday. You'll see how good they are. Well, and again, that that t- uh, time period of twenty years ago, they were like you know thirty nine and two, forty and two. Uh, Rob Dom was there. They had a, they had powerhouse teams, and that was the place to be if you wanted to go watch. And I mean, the Bears have had good teams since. There's no question yep. about that. But they're always good. Yeah, they're always yeah. good. But that time period of just unbelievable to watch that kind of hockey because they were just and I mean Noblock and he had he had thirty goal seasons, you know, a couple times. Yeah. Uh with the Golden yeah, Bears. Yeah, so anyway, it's nice. Here's a here's an Oilers team with a former Golden Bear coaching and a former Golden Bear in the fourth line and Derek Ryan. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I I'm an old you know, I never played for the Golden Bears, yeah. but I covered them for a lot of years, and I know a lot of people around that program, and I, I came out of there. That's the first soccer team I ever covered, and I, yeah. you know, consider myself uh, uh, alumni from the media side of things anyway. So I'm always, 
You know what? That's a hell of a program. And I always say it. It's the best bang for your buck for hockey in this city. Oh. And uh, nice to see a couple guys in the orders uh, these days. Kev? It, it really was. And I mean, uh, and all the guys that I bump into that I covered over the years with that team too. Like you know, Russ Houston. I just saw him. I think Russ Houston and Chris Knobloch were on the same line. So just yeah. to see those guys and, you know, Russ Houston, police officer, uh, Marsh, Kevin yep. Marsh, police officer. A lot of these guys are, have just gone on to amazing things in our city for sure. So, yes. Spec, what did you make of the game last night? Uh, kind of kind of dipped the toes into the water to start, but uh, maybe a little more as the game went on. Yeah, you know what? I thought that was a professional solid win by a, a that you know by a team that looks like it looked like a very good team you know i want to say this the 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 first two periods were boring wasn't much going on low event hockey mm-hmm. they got scored on 40 seconds in and there was no panic and they just chilled and they played their game dry saddle got them to even and they just played their game and you know what when it was over it was the other team's coach that was lamenting the big mistake. It was the <laughs> other team's coach that said, man, my guy took a penalty 200 feet from his net on the first power play goal. My guy shot it over the boards, you know, for a delay of game on the second power play goal. He said, we got to get more discipline. We can't take those penalties, blah, blah. I've been hearing orders coaches say that all year. So the orders waited patiently till they got the break mm-hmm. and they didn't panic and force and pinch and, you know, that's what you just, that's, they played normal. Was it, was it exciting all night long? No. Yes. Oh, did they win by three? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mark Spector, Rogers Sportsnet, our guest on Sports 1440 every day at eight o'clock. What did you make of the game of Leon Dreisaitl? Had uh, one of his best games in recent memory. Yeah, he's playing again. Uh, I've seen that, that whatever we call it, cross check on, mm-hmm. uh, was that Horvat? Yeah, what did you think? Uh, that was, I don't know where that, what's going on there. That was a dirty, hard, mm-hmm. dangerous play. Didn't hurt the guy, but he could have. Now, whenever I see a play like that, and I'm not just saying that because it's an oiler, when I see a guy so overtly hit or cross check another guy i always think that looks like payback for something (laughs) yeah was it payback i don't know but it was a tough play but you know what uh we're seeing signs of life like you know a lot of things happened kev for the orders last night that we haven't seen they got third period goals right that's been lacking Mm -hmm. the power play stepped up that's been lacking Stu skinner was solid 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 i think he made 32 saves Mm -hmm. haven't had that every night and between McDavid and Drysdale, they had six points. I mean, that's probably, you know, about four more points than they had in the previous seven. So yeah. whatever it is. So they're turning back into the team that we thought they'd be. And uh, probably, hopefully, it's not too late. Do you think the league might just look at that cross-check and maybe a possible fine? Maybe, maybe? Maybe. To me, the, the, the you know, hey, I'm here to tell you, I, I'm never going to try to predict what the uh, Department <laughs> yes. of Player Safety is going to do because yeah. that's just you're going to look like a dummy doing that. But sometimes what they do is when a guy makes a, a, such a you know a play like that, they'll put a fine on him just so that they yeah. have a little bit of a track record. They have a prior. Mm-hmm. So if he does it again, they could say, hey, we told you already you can't do that. So now we're going to suspend you. So. That's not a suspension-worthy play by any means, no. in my opinion. I don't like the play. Who likes the play? Nobody likes yeah, that play. I'm okay with but, it. But... Uh, whatever. <laughs> it's just a guy making room for himself. It's a superstar mm-hmm. who 
takes a lot and he's given a little back. And if he gets a fine, I have a feeling Leon Dreisaitl can afford it. Yeah. So, you know, the only thing I can think about payback, and I'm obviously being facetious here, is that Bo Horvat was taken over Leon in the Go Auto commercial with Connor McDavid. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> Leon's going, why? That was my spot. I was supposed to be in that spot. I mean, Leon's in every every spot now going, isn't he? Could be, yeah. Well, he, like I see him. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's in, on he, TV a little bit. Yeah, he? well, he's in the skip the dishes one. He turns around, right? And he says, I'm just fine with whatever, that poncho or whatever. And then have you seen the one with, uh, with uh, Chris Pronger? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, well, that's the that's the commercial you got to see. Spec. That's hilarious. Uh, Prongers uh, with uh, Leon and Mitch Marner at some cottage somewhere. It's quite funny, actually. Really? Okay. Uh, and I'll it, have to look for it's it. for a betting. Well, they're all betting commercials anyway. They're all betting commercials now, buddy. That's the way we roll. So a text comes in. Uh, Tyler says Leon cross-checked Horvat in direct response to Horvat hauling him down four seconds earlier with no call. Well, that wasn't much of a haul down, but whatever you want to call it. Okay, Spec. So uh, we've got a lot of calls and texts about uh, where the Oilers go with their goaltending right now. So Stuart Skinner has been very, very good the last two games. Really good last night. Yep. Didn't see a whole lot of work against Seattle, but I mean, he still came up with the big saves. The one in against uh, Seattle with, uh, you know, in the third period on his uh, former teammate, uh, um, uh, Adam Larson was a real pivotal yep. save, real big save. So can he carry the mail here for this month? Gives the Oilers brass some time with even where Jack Campbell is, if he can even possibly find his game. What's going to happen with the Oilers goaltending situation moving forward? Well, for now, um, you know, no one's going to say to you that in the big picture, Stuart Skinner is going to be a 65 start guy this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if he had to be, that's not preferred, right? That's not preferred making him start three quarters of the games. But for the short term, for a month, he's a young goalie. He's not overworked. Uh, you, If he's finding his game, I'm playing them, you know, as often as I can. There's going to be a back-to-back here, mm-hmm. right? There's going to be a back-to-back, and you're going to have to play uh, Cal Pickard or whoever's the backup. But I'll play them 80% of the games in the shorter term. I still think you need a solution. You need a backup that can, you know, he's going to get tired. We saw it in the playoffs. Guys don't play that many games. So I guess my answer to you is they're still in the goalie market, Kev, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but I think, you know, it's really good news if Skinner's game can solidify the way it's been in the last two and they can be, he can carry the ball for a while here. Why the kids, the kids only 24. Why can't he play, you know, 15 out of the next 17 games? The other thing, Speck, is they don't have a back-to-back until the last two games right before Christmas. That's their first back-to-back, and they're on the okay. road when they uh, they have the three games in New York against the Rangers, the Islanders, and the uh, and uh, the Devils. So that's their first back-to-back of the season, which is kind of unheard of when you think about the schedule and, yeah. and everything else. So, uh, lucky them, right? The team with the goaltending issues doesn't have any back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. So. They can get away with one goalie for a while here. And the good news is the one goalie just gave you two awesome starts in a row. So, uh, you know what? It's Maybe maybe after after a month of not much going right for mm-hmm. the Edmonton Oilers, 
maybe it's going the other way now. Maybe they're starting to get a little bit of a break. Maybe the right guys are playing good at the right time. Spec, what kind of practice do you think uh, we will see today? It's at the downtown community arena because uh, our boy, the Duke, is going down to see the Jonas Brothers tonight. Can you believe that? The Duke of Delburn at the Jonas Brothers tonight. So that's why the practice is at the downtown community arena. Uh, what kind of practice are we going to see uh, for noon today? Well, first of all, the only Jonas brother I can name is Don Jonas. He played for the Bombers in about 1974. <laughs> well, I, the Duke says he's going to this concert. I'm going, you just had Kiss here. You had Shania Twain. You're going to the Jonas Brothers? Come on. Hey, man. You know what? It's nice to see It's nice to see all the shows back. I still think to COVID when that ring oh, for two years. No so kidding. This is good. Uh, listen, you know what? You can't. One of the hard things about being a coach coming in in the middle of an NHL season, and Knobloch said last night, he said, if this was junior, the AJHL, I get four practice days in a row, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I can install a, a whole new system in a week, right? But mm -hmm. not the NHL. Yeah. So they do have a practice today. Uh, if things were going great, they'd be off the ice in 25 minutes. I'll bet you today they spend 40, and it's probably a lot of teaching. And he's going to try to install the sort of first layer of whatever systems changes he would like to see. You can install three layers today, or you're going to mess your team up. Mm -hmm. They're playing a pretty decent defensive game right now, so you got to be careful that you don't start – fixing stuff that's not broken they finally figured out how to allow one or less here so you know that that coach doesn't want to stir the pot too mm -hmm. fast at this point but he'll he'll install a layer today and he'll begin a process that it's going to take a while because nhl teams man they just don't have enough practice time to go in there and install a new system it's not like you, even if you put a new engine in your car it takes three or four days it seems like at the shop uh, mm -hmm. this guy here, he doesn't have that kind of time. And one last one, Spec. What did you make of the, I guess, the human element? You had your question yesterday morning, and uh, Knobloch got all, you know, he choked up a little bit. And then last night, what the Oilers did after, you know, the game yeah. to kind of, you know, to just, you know, because we, fans forget it, people forget it, you know. You got families, you got things, it's it's tough. Well, and, and Chris Knobloch, I talked to him after his press conference and, you know, said, I hope I didn't throw you off with that question. Yeah. He laughed. He said, hey, man, he says, I haven't had any sleep. There's <laughs> been so much going on. He says, I was just, a, you know, no problem. But anyway, he did say that, you know, he's his family's in Hartford, which mm -hmm. is a long ways away. He's got two kids. I think he said 13 and I think 16. Uh, and they're not coming out here this year. So this is a guy who's on one side, he's just got the best job in his life. Yep. He's coaching the Edmonton Oilers. It's a dream he's had forever, and he's excited as hell about it. And on the other side, he's just probably living at the JW right now, <laughs> and his wife and kids are, are two time zones away in Hartford. And they're not, they can't come this year. The kids are in school. You can't yeah. just rip your kids out of school and bring them to a new country. It doesn't work that way. So on one hand, he's looking at a long stint without his family. And who wants that, right? No. So a lot of emotions, man. They're real people. And i got to say, it's probably the PR staff like the, you know, Katie Doyle and mm -hmm. Jamie Cartmel and Sean May. But whoever hooked up his wife on Zoom after that game last night in the, in the dress room with everybody there, that's a real sense of family. Yep. It's a real first-class, nice move by the people in the Orders organization. 
really did right by their coach and let them know that you're entering a, you know, an organization that's family first and all those things. It seems small. I'm here to tell you, man, it's not small. Mm-hmm. Hey, Spec, thanks for this. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. We'll see you later today. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. That's on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice when we come back. Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff and our headliner of the day on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Rooter Plumbing. At Mr. Rooter, they only employ the finest organic grain-fed free-range plumbers. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. Well, let's welcome in Frank Saravalli. Good morning, Frank. From Philly, I assume that's where you are. Nope. Where now? Where is Frank? Uh, I'm in Toronto, and I was at the Hockey Hall of Fame last night. GM meetings today. They're actually meeting right now as we speak. And uh, then I'm actually heading to Stockholm for the Global Series. And uh, I'll get there sometime tomorrow. Really? So are we going to be okay time-wise for Thursday, just as a heads up? Oh, yeah. I'll make it work. Wow. Man, I don't big, mess around. <laughs> big time. How, how was the Hall of Fame induction last night then? Uh, it was good. You know, I is kind of long with seven inductees, uh-huh. but um, I thought, you know, each of them brought something a little different. And I love Hall of Fame mm-hmm. weekend. I love the emotion that's in it. If you if you enjoy um, like wedding speeches or if you enjoy um, someone's, you know, watching someone in a career or life changing pinnacle moment the emotion the adrenaline that's pretty awesome was mike vernon the funniest no mike vernon actually really struggled his i I think he had a hard time seeing the teleprompter in the back and so he really he really struggled through his speech and i was looking forward to it because he's Mm. a pretty entertaining guy well i just thought because what we saw was just him talking about you know, basically, and I didn't watch the ceremony because the Oilers game, but just in the, the highlights of it, of him talking about his first couple games and how his goals against was 22, 33 or something. Yeah. So that he did get a couple laughs okay. and he said, they still let me in after that, <laughs> which is kind of amazing. Um, but he waited a long time, 21 years mm-hmm. after his career ended to be inducted. And um, it was the year of the goalie. Henrik Lundqvist was suave as usual. And you know, you look at Tom Barrasso and his amazing career, like Tom Barrasso probably mm-hmm. should have been in a while ago. Yeah, you could make that argument. It's It was just one of those years again, and uh, we'll see it moving forward in uh, that sense. Uh, GM meetings, so you say that is getting underway today. Anything on the agenda that is catching your eye? Yeah, I think the big thing today is, is cut-resistant clothing. Is there a way that the NHL can push to make that mandatory? And I think part of what they're taking the temperature of managers today on is how much should we be pushing with the NHL PA? I think the PA is open to the conversation, maybe grandfathering it in something like that. I'd like to just see them just make it mandatory right away. Frank Saravalli on sports 1440. Frank, it's been a wild week here in Edmonton, as you know, Mm -hmm. just your overall thoughts of what basically from last week to where it culminated uh, on Sunday and then even last night with the first win for Chris Knobloch. Yeah, it had to be a pretty good feeling for Chris Knobloch and really the rest of the Oiler roster. Um, you know, you see the way this last week played out, and I think it really hit these players hard. I think when you consider the spot that they were in, the success that they had under Jay Woodcroft, I mean, 
Jay Woodcroft paid a pretty significant price for someone that's won multiple playoff rounds, only got one full season, exits with one of the highest points percentage is of a coach in, in Oilers history. And then, you know, really at this point gets 12 games, 13 games to, to mm-hmm. you know, dig this team out of the mess. And, and it's hard to do. I understand why the Oilers were in this spot. I, I really don't think it came down to the coach, but it does feel like, you know, even watching from afar and I went back and I watched a big chunk of last night's game this morning mm-hmm. It feels like a little bit of a breath of fresh air, though. Like the players still, as much as they've got to work and get their confidence back, it you know kind of felt like even just watching the fans in the building was just a little bit more engaged <laughs> on Monday night. Well, it was weird in the building. I can tell you that for sure after the first couple of minutes, Frank, after you know a goal 40 seconds in. Frank Saravalli with us on Sports 1440. You know, Frank, we get... We had tons and tons, like hundreds and hundreds of calls, texts about the Oilers' goaltending situation two weeks ago, how bad it was. Now everyone's concerned about Stuart Skinner having to play copious amounts of games in in a row here. Where do you see the Oilers' goaltending situation moving forward? Well, I, I, I would think that Cal Pickard gets a start at some point here in the relatively near future. I mean, Stuart Skinner can't play every game, and... Look, uh, Jack Campbell has a lot of work to do to, to try and find his game again. And I've said before, if, if he doesn't, if his game doesn't improve in the AHL, it's going to force the Oilers' hand to really make a trade and, and pay significant assets to move him off the books because having almost $4 million tied up in a goalie who's not even on your roster is a really tough place to be. Mm-hmm. So... There's that part going on behind the scenes. And then I do think the Oilers have been active on the trade market to try and find a goalie. I know that they've been checking in on prices. Um, one name that was continually talked about, you know, over the last couple of weeks was, hey, can they find a way to get someone like UC Saros, who's been the backbone of the Nashville Predators? I actually sat down with Preds GM Barry Trotz here in Toronto yesterday and asked him specifically about UC Saros, and he mm-hmm. said, no, no, he's going to be part of our long-term vision. When you get a goalie that elite, you can't just give him away. So yeah. um, that's the thought process in Nashville. So that kind of closes off one. And I think really when you consider the spot that the Oilers are in goaltending-wise, I don't view it as all that dissimilar to the spot that they were in making the change, the coaching change. Because I was looking at the coaching market and the guys that were available, and I'd say, well, Joel Quenville makes sense, but he's not available. Mm -hmm. And I don't love the way the New York Rangers played in their own defensive zone under Gerard Gallant, which would kind of perpetuate some of the same problems in Edmonton that already exist. And you go through these guys, you know, over and over again, Bruce Boudreau and the lack of structure that they had in Vancouver and how sloppy things were. You don't need that in Edmonton. So you see them go in a sort of different direction, and they they bring up Chris Knobloch, obviously someone that Jeff Jackson is familiar with. The goaltending front, tell me who your real difference maker is. Like, Soros is a real difference mm-hmm. maker. But if you're going to go out and trade for – I heard one name that was thrown out there, Peter Mrazek. I, I mean, Peter Mrazek's numbers have been good in Chicago, but – does anyone think that he couldn't fall into the same issues that any of the other Oiler goalies are, are experiencing? So if you're going to do it, you have to bring in someone that you believe is a true difference maker and really pay that price. 
And I just don't think the Oilers have found someone that has that skill set and capability and also meets a price that they're comfortable paying. Frank Saravalli with us on Sports 1440. And the good thing, Frank, is that the Oilers don't have a back-to-back until their last two games before Christmas when they're in the tri-state area when they have the three games against the Islanders, Rangers, and the Devils. So that's a good thing. So the games are spaced out. It gives the Oilers the luxury, the affordability to kind of let's see how things play out here. And they don't have to really worry about making sure that they have that you know, a one-two punch basically in that as long as Stuart Skinner can play the way he has the last two games. Across the league, anything else that you're kind of keeping an eye on, Frank? I mean, we get to talk in this province with Nikita Zadorov. Anything mm-hmm. kind of sniffing around there? No, I think the Flames are – they've made it real clear to Nikita Zadorov that they're going to do things on their own terms, mm-hmm. that they – have no interest because he put out his trade request, which, by the way, they found out about on social media, which is never really a good look. Um, They're like, hey, it was kind of abundantly obvious that we were going to be trading this guy the way our season has gone before the March 8th trade deadline anyway. Mm -hmm. Because you're stamping your feet and you did it in Toronto, a place that you want to play and go to and be reunited with Brad Tree Living, and you happen to do it, in a week where the Leafs fans were frothing at the mouth because of their own defensive zone play, it was a little too on the nose. Um, definitely the opposite of subtle. And I think the way these other teams have approached it, it and anytime anyone makes a public trade request, essentially what happens is it works against you. Mm-hmm. Teams are offering less because they know that, you know, you've got a situation where people are unhappy and, that is an uncomfortable place for Craig Conroy to be as a, as a manager because he probably wants to make the move but needs to maximize value. And he's just okay with taking a step back, much like he did in the summer after all those guys' names were out there about potentially not re-signing. Mm-hmm. He just said, hey, we're going to do this how we want to do it. And that's really what they're looking at. So, Frank, when you head to Stockholm tomorrow in the uh, the Global Series – uh, you've covered these before, I'm assuming, and uh, this has been going. Never been to Sweden, though. Not to Sweden. Were you in Finland or where? No, uh, I actually haven't done uh, any international games. Oh, really? Uh, so yeah, this will oh, be a first. It's a first for Frank. Wow, that that's a first for us. Hard to <laughs> believe, Frank. But what are your expectations going over there to see the NHL in in Stockholm? Then, well, it's the NHL's third largest provider of players. It's Canada, the U.S., and Sweden, and. Obviously, the game has a significant tradition there. And it's not just that that I'm interested in seeing. This is the first time the NHL has taken four teams to the same place. Mm -hmm. And you've got four games in four days. So uh, lots of opportunity to catch up with people. Um, And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the reception. The Red Wings are a huge team in Sweden. The Toronto Maple Leafs with Borea Salming going back to – um, you know, the 70s and 80s. Like, you're, you're talking about um, immensely popular teams. This is the first time the Leafs have played regular season games in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part is is really exciting. And, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to spending some time uh, over there and, and getting to hang with people. Who who would be the number one player from – is it is it Mo Sider out of the four teams? Yeah, Mo yeah. Sider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, William Nylander would I be guess, pretty yeah. big. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say, you know, Joel Erickson Eck mm-hmm. on the wild. And there's a whole crop of guys that are, you know, proud Swedes. 
we going to see more of this? Like, I mean, you're always hearing this stuff in the NFL that, you know, maybe there'll be a team over there someday. Maybe, you know, they're talking about the Super Bowl. But do you ever do you ever foresee a team or a division in the NHL 15, 20 years down the road overseas? I would think the division is the only real way to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the funny thing about the travel. So, you know, I live in Philly. Um, I can actually get to Stockholm way faster than I can get to Edmonton. <laughs> I can get there in about eight hours. It takes me about 10 with stops to get to Edmonton. So um, that part is kind of funny, but I I think you would, based on time zone and and what time games would be on, like I I think it'd be really hard Mm -hmm. to place a team from one of, you know, that time zone into a division, drop them into, you know, whether it's London or Paris or pick a giant city over there, Stockholm, to then say, hey, you know, you're going to play in the Atlantic division. Well, sounds fun, but not for fans whose game starts at two in the morning yeah. local time. Yeah. So I think you, I, I, I could foresee an entire division. You got six teams, eight teams over there, and then they cross over for the playoffs. But it also makes it a lot harder to do that too. Yeah, it's and it's a ways down the road. It's a ways down the road. So, Frank, well, enjoy your travels. And, uh, hey, you, you're saying with the 10 hours uh, travel to Edmonton, that includes that layover in Denver with your kids, right? Oh, yeah. That was uh, <laughs> that was some fun. Uh, anytime you, you can try and entertain your kids for three hours in a bustling airport with no place to sit, it's always amazing. Who's taking over coaching now that uh, you're going to be gone for a few days with your kids? Uh, yeah, my co-coach. I'm missing four games. So we had a little. We have a showcase next weekend, so I'm I'm disappointed to miss that. But hey, let me uh, ask gotta, you this, Frank. Then, what if the team goes four and zero in your absence? I might just have to Jay Woodcroft <laughs> myself out of there. Hey, thanks, Frank. Uh, safe travels. We'll talk to you on Thursday. See you, Kevin. All right, that's Frank Saravalli, our headliner of the day for Mister Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mister. For all your plumbing needs, go to Mister Rooter. Dot CA. We will get to all your texts. Dean, Bruce, Perplexed Oiler fan, JCD, Brad, uh, and a whole bunch more right after the break. Plus, we'll maybe get to a little more Oilers sound. Zach Hyman from last night's game, a 4-1 victory over the New York Islanders. It's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Coming up to 841 in Edmonton. Man, another great weekend weather-wise. We've had some phenomenal weather into November. and Hopefully we can continue it on for the rest of the month. And then all of a sudden, you know, what do you got? You got December, January, February, and... It's only three months of winter, Duke. It's a big difference, you know. I uh, I always right? say that the the daylight savings time change is always tough because then obviously it is dark so much earlier in the afternoon and that can uh, immediately impact people's moods with a lack of sunlight. But like you said, we're already coming up on the second half of mm-hmm. November. That means December 21st is only just over a month away. From that point forward, the days only get yes, longer. Yes, exactly. It's all about your outlook. And I think based on the... Uh, Text line calls today <laughs> compared to say the past week? month. Yeah, <laughs> um, even though last week was the last bad, week yeah. or two, especially. I, I think the entirety of this capital region, uh, especially Oilers fans, the the outlook is noticeably more positive, and for good reason. The Oil played a good game last Whenever night. Whenever the Oilers win, the city's in a much better mood. Um, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, and call us. We've got about uh, 10, 15 minutes, not quite, of uh, open air time. So uh, give us a shout. Same number, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 
Dean says, seeing that Cates is a multi-billionaire, could he not just buy out Campbell? Okay, and then the Duke responded to Dean. Well, again, when you buy out a player, it goes against the salary cap. Now, for instance, the Oilers bought out James Neal a couple of years ago. The Oilers are still paying $1.9 million of James Neal to the salary cap this year and then next year as well. I guess the greatest example of how buyouts can um, really tie your hands behind your back would be the Minnesota Wild. So a few years ago, former Oiler, current GM of the Minnesota Wild, Bill Guerin, made as gutsy of a call as a GM as you could possibly make. He bought out two players, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. Those two guys, when they signed several years back, came in with identical contracts to the Minnesota Wild, and these were the guys coming out of free agency. Uh, you know, Suter in, in Nashville, Parise with the Devils. They went, these are our cornerstones down the road. They, they you know, they were signing the $100 million deals, etc. Basically, the buyout for the Wild is $7.3 million per player. $7.3 million per player for the next two years this year and next year. Up until then, hey man, Bill Guerin's he's playing with less than $15 million, less than $15 million than the other GMs. That's how he has to assemble his roster. And then even past that, for four more years, it's another $1.6 million between the two players. So how would it work if the Oilers bought out Jack Campbell at the end of this year? So you can, there's certain websites where you can, figure that out. The Duke of Delburn has gone on to one of those websites. And Duke, what are the exact numbers? If you were to buy out Jack Campbell, it's about a million for next year. Then it goes up the following year, correct? Correct, yeah. So if the Oilers were to buy out Jack Campbell at the end of this season, um, the cap hit against the Oilers for the following six seasons would run as such. 1.1 in 24-25, 2.3 in 25-26, 2.6 in 26-27, and then $1.5 million against the cap hit for the three years successive after that. So all the way till the end of 2029-2030 season. So difficult. Again, so now you're just getting, you got one more year of Neil next year. James Neal at 1.9. So if you were to buy out Jack Campbell, so now you're going up to $3 million next year because 1.9, 1.1, you're getting rid of Neil after that. But now you are it's just a cyclical, you're in that death vortex of buying out guys. Those are the toughest ones. And we haven't even talked about other contracts that could be a possibility down the road too. Uh, Corey at work. <laughs> the, don't yeah, don't forget, boys. The weather always evens out. Minus thirty three for twenty seven days in January. Oh man. Uh, Bruce in the park. Text comes in. Do you think the Oilers are actually after Saros's backup? Uh, that comes after Frank Saravalli said that uh, UC Saros is not available. Barry Trotz right from the horse's mouth to Frank yesterday in Toronto. Uh, Lankinen might be who the Preds are prepared to move with Askarov ready to move up to the NHL and have Saros as his mentor. Is Lankinen potentially the next kipper? Bruce in the park. You know, Lankinen is a very complimentary goaltender to UC Saros. There is no denying that. Do, <laughs> do the Predators want to get rid of him? From all accounts, Askarov isn't ready yet. So do the Predators 
And the, the good thing is the predator from the predator standpoint, they're dealing from a potential from the hand of strength here. So it's a good chip right now that the predators have. Uh, I don't know. Text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. AT in the deer. Can we stop praising a team that essentially quit on the coach, plays a good game against the Kraken, gets the coach axed, and then miraculously starts playing a new system in 36 hours of a new coach and two top guys learn how to play again? Glad Knobloch got his win, but this team has bigger problems. AT in Red Deer. Pe- perplexed Oiler fan. I believe and I am hopeful the blending of forward lines is gone. Okay. That's one of the things that we noticed yesterday. And the key word again that Chris Knobloch used, patience. Patience. He kept the lines together almost entirely up until Dylan Holloway went down, then went down a line, also brought uh, in Derek Ryan for a defensive zone face-off with Holloway not playing because Holloway left the game with 6.15 left, tried to go again, couldn't go. Left the game. That was his last shift, basically, uh, with an ankle injury, his left ankle. You could see him flexing it on the way to the bench. So Derek Ryan came on and took another, was there just in case, you know, if uh, Centerman gets kicked out of the faceoff and Derek Ryan was there at the end of the second period. About a minute, minute 15 left. And then at the end of the second period, there was the opportunity to load up uh, Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, McDavid played the last 30. 31 seconds or so. Following last night's game, Zach Hyman addressed the media. And Hyman, you know, he gets asked, like, what was it like? Well, how do I know? I just met the guy. He met the guy at the morning skate and he's talking about Chris Knobloch. So here's a couple comments from Oilers forward, Zach Hyman, who scored the game-winning goal last night. Things went right for you guys tonight. Felt, felt like you got a little bit of a mojo back. Is that fair? Uh, I think Stu played great. I think that's first and foremost is uh, when you have a guy playing like that who's backing you up, it gives you a chance. So that was awesome. And then I think uh, just special teams, really. We won the special teams battle. PK was solid, and then power play got back to doing its thing. And uh, and then, yeah, that's the game. The time of the power play goal seemed pretty important too, eh, Zach? Oh, yeah. Just uh, get up, and then uh, obviously we go on another one right away and then get up by two so uh third period goals uh and i think just something that uh i probably kind of in a funk they're just not getting the timely goals i think and and for it to come through in um the third period and, and to kind of give us the lead and then ultimately a cushion to win was huge is that kind of a calling card of that power play that's maybe you're hoping will start showing itself a little bit more the timeliness of it yeah i mean i don't i think we had a we've had a ton of looks like i don't think it's just it just had, hadn't gone in in the past. And, uh, yeah, I mean, probably we had some really good players there. So if we get our chances, I'm pretty confident that we can uh, make it on them. You so. knew that at some point Connor and Leon are going to break out of it, but it's nice to see it when it does happen. And those guys are so important to this group. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's great to see them, you know, both on the board, obviously, right? So, um, yeah, big night for our group, big win. And, um, big first one for Chris, so it's uh, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, did you notice anything? You know, what should you have noticed difference about this team with Chris Knobloch behind the bench? Did you, you know, what were you doing differently? What were the things that hmm. were made it that you noticed? 
well, I mean, this, we just met him today, so it's his first, it's his first, day, first day on the job. Um, but I think he's got a, a calming presence, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think I just I look forward to getting to know him and, and getting to know uh, his style of coaching. And I think, you know, this day was a, a tough day for for everyone. Anytime you, you know, two great people and great coaches and, and Jay and Mance, you know, get let go. You know, the, the group feels like you let them down, and and it's not a it's not a fun feeling uh, for a group um, when that happens, especially because they're they're great people, and and we have great personal relationship with them outside of hockey. So that's tough. And then at the same time, you have somebody who's coming in for their first opportunity, to, their dream to coach in the NHL. So there's you know there's there's two sides to to the script today obviously um so i think it was a really special moment for chris to to come in and and to get that and and cough too but cough's won a lot of hockey so but uh to for us to play like that for for him in his first game um and like i said look forward to to getting to know him more we just met him today how difficult is that Zach? because you do forge relationships with your coaches and you're sad to see that one guy go in but you want to make a good impression on the new guy yeah, this is, it was really I mean, we, we had a lot of success with Woody and with Mance. Like, we went to the Western Conference Finals. You know, we just lost to Vegas last year. Like, this it's not just hockey. Like, you build relationships with people, and, and they're two amazing people. And, you know, I think Connor said it best earlier. Like, they never lost the room. Like, we, we still like, believed in them, right? I, I think that's, you know... That, that's what that, that that's really hard as as a player. Like you're not a machine. Like you have you have you have emotions and you have feelings and and that part of the game is the hardest part, right? And and I think as players, I'm really proud of our group for for rallying and and for for showing up tonight. And I think you know for you know getting Chris's first win. Like I said, like there's two sides to anytime something like this happens. Like you're ecstatic for one guy, obviously, and then at the same time you know you you feel for for the other two, right? So. Never a fun position, and I think it, it it was it's on it was on us. Like we the, the players started poorly. Like that's that's what it was. So um, there's no blame. You know, it's just that's on us. And now we continue to get better. And I think uh, a big step for our group. Uh, that's uh, Oilers forward Zach Hyman, the team's uh, leading scorer, goal scorer with eight goals. So. Uh, Zach Hyman with the game winner last night and off to a pretty good start. Eight goals to get things rolling here. Uh, text coming in one 401 So again, with the salary cap, uh, Team Dean says, in my opinion, it would be way better to give up a second round pick and a prospect to get rid of Campbell. Team Dean, well, yeah, but who's going to take it? Those days, the days of taking on a contract that is dead cap space are few and far between. You can take on a cap, uh, a, a dead, uh, you can take on an LTIR, like Arizona for about, I don't know, a year or two, took on tons of LTIR. Not, it's a difference because that doesn't count. The dead cap space, like, uh, you know, as we said, like a suitor or, you know, you get, Chris Pronger was traded after he was retired. Shea Weber in in uh, Arizona, again, $7.8 million. So you got rid of the cat. You got rid of that. 
those days are gone where you say, not gone, they're few and far between. We'll give you Jack Campbell, and we'll give you a second, and we'll give you a prospect. Now, is that the way to go either? No, it's just a bad situation. It's a bad scenario. When we come back, Hockey Hall of Famer Grant Fuhrer, our Tuesday co-host from... Well, down south where it's nice and toasty warm. He will join us. Uh, Grant, of course, does color for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And he will guess with us from 9 to 11. We will have his former teammate and good buddy, Dave Lumley, on at 10 o'clock uh, at 9.20. Michael Grange from Rogers Sportsnet covering the NBA and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, first up, here's the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.